Thank you so much for your presence. Thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit. That's the promise that we're going to talk about today is the fact that your Holy Spirit wants to be present, wants to be involved. So help us in the next few moments only to see you, to see your son, Jesus Christ, to be renewed by your spirit. Help us to understand the word of God because of the ministry of the spirit in our hearts and our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks. You can have a seat this morning. If you've been with us the last few weeks, you know we've been making our way through a series on on the promise keeper and some of the promises of God. And uh, we kind of shared with you as we started that we're only touching a few of those. There's uh, a lot of promises of God found in the Word of God, and we're only going to take eight of those and look at those. And this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about the promise keeper and the promise of the Holy Spirit, which is some of what we've been singing about and uh, understanding a little bit more uh, this morning just in our worship. Uh, we've highlighted a few of the promises that God has given to His people. And we've been talking about the impact of those promises that they have on us and they have on the hope uh, for our everyday living, the hope that we have each day as we get up and we walk through life. Last week we talked about the fact that God has promised that we will face temptation But in the middle of that temptation, that He will give us a way out. There's always a way out. We may not like it, but there's always a way out. But the hope that He offers is that whatever we face, whatever it is that comes our way, He is willing and eager to provide us the tools, the strength, and the grace that we need to face whatever that part of life is. It's not just enough to survive the temptation. It's not just enough to get through or to make it or, or uh, to somehow kind of get enough strength to pull ourselves through for this one day. He says this, that he will offer us something far greater that can give us victory in the middle of that temptation. And one of the avenues that God uses, us, uses to help us in every aspect of our lives, is the person of the Holy Spirit. And a couple things that I need you to understand as we jump into this conversation of the Holy Spirit is this. I don't think there's anyone who's alive, who's walking on the earth, who can explain in complete depth the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I don't think there's anybody who's walking or who's teaching today who can look at us and say, look, I can tell you exactly how the Godhead works. (laughs) I can't. I'm not that person. I can tell you that Scripture is very clear that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work together as God. I know that because Scripture is incredibly clear about that. And I know that they each have a function and they each have a role and they play a role in my life and they play a role in your life. I know that they were each equally part of creating this universe that we live in and part of creating the world that we walk around in each day. I know that they take part in the life that we live each and every day. I know that they care and are concerned about how I live, how you live life. I know that. How that all works I don't know. I don't. I know that the ministry and the presence of the Holy Spirit is real. I know that. 
I know that there are promises in Scripture about what the Holy Spirit can and will do in the life of believers and non-believers. I know that because Scripture tells me it. But how all that takes place, I don't know. I don't know. But I know that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is real. And I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the Holy Spirit wants to engage. If you are a Christ follower, He already indwells you. That is not a question. But I know that He wants to engage in your life. He wants to direct. He wants to help. He wants to encourage. He wants to strengthen. He wants to be part of your life. Something else about the ministry of the Holy Spirit that I know on the front side as we begin this conversation is this. As some might believe that the Holy Spirit is a force, that is not true. Scripture makes it very clear that the Holy Spirit is a person. He is one of the beings of the Godhead. And He's real, and He has a role, and He has a position, and He's actively involved in our lives. And so this morning, I want to talk for the next few moments about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I want to talk to you about the benefits of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you about the hope of the Holy Spirit living in us. I don't want to do anything that that you would walk away and go, man, Tim's crazy, although that's true. I want you just to understand a bit better about what the Holy Spirit wants to accomplish in my life, your life, and in the lives of believers corporately because he's involved in all of it. If you have your Bible, I'd ask you to turn with me to John chapter 14. I'm going to start looking at verses 16 and 17. It says this, And I will ask the Father, this is Jesus talking, remember John is about the life of Jesus. It's the story of a lot of what Jesus did. It's a great picture of who Jesus Christ is and and the story of Jesus. This thing is going all over the place. Just a second, I'm going to see if I can't. Don't worry, it's my fault, Val. It's not yours, okay? It's driving me nuts. <laughs> Valerie's back there going, what's he doing? Um, I, I pity them because I... Anyway, so Jesus in John, is he's, he's given a life story. You're seeing the picture of who Jesus is, what he does, does with humanity. And he's with his disciples. He's getting ready to leave. He's going to go back to heaven. The, the, the end of the story of Jesus is going to be that he's going to pay the price for sin on the cross for you and for me. And Jesus is with his disciples, and he's, he looks at them, and they're, they're in. They're following Jesus Christ. They get it. They understand, or they're beginning to understand who he is. And he looks at them, and he says this. He says, I'm going to ask the Father. Now, the Father's the one who started the plan. He's the one who, way back in Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned, said, Look, there's a way for man to be forgiven. There's a way for this relationship to be fixed. And I'm going to fix it through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for sin so that the relationship between the created, you and me, and the Creator, God Himself, so that that relationship between man, the created, and the Creator could be fixed because sin broke it. And so he looks ahead and he said, I have a plan for that, and my plan for that is Jesus Christ. And Jesus will come and he'll walk on the earth, he'll live out a perfect life, he'll die on the cross, and he'll pay the price for sin. While he was here, those three years of ministry that he's walking with the disciples, the disciples are like, hey, this is cool, we've got God with us. He's he's with us. He's hanging out with us. 
And Jesus looks at him and he says, hey, I'll ask the Father to do something for you. And that's what this verse is. He says this, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. That word there, that phrase there means this, that I will give you another just like me, in the same likeness as. I will give you a counselor or one who will guide you and direct you, and he will be just like me. It's an interesting little phrase. Jesus will ask the Father to send someone who has his same level of authority, his same position, to come and help us. Now, when he did it for the disciples, he was also doing it for you and for me. We look ahead in time, and Jesus is saying, look, all of those who will follow me, I'm going to ask the Father to send someone for each one of you who will guide you, direct you, the same level of authority, the same power to help you out. If you jump over to chapter 14, verse 26, he says it this way. But the counselor, and he defines who this is, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. So this one who God, who Jesus is asking for from the Father is this one, this person called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will come in the same likeness of God. Now, what do we know about the Holy Spirit? Well, if you go back to chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, let me read those verses one more time. And I will ask the Father, and He will give another counselor to be with you. And He is, what is the phrase there? The Spirit of what? Let's say that again. He is the... Okay, you're almost with me. He's the what? Okay. The Holy Spirit who comes is not off doing His own thing. He's not off with a whole different message. He's not looking totally different than what Jesus was. He's not going to say anything different than what the Father did in setting up the plan and getting things in motion because He's the Spirit of what? Truth. He's the Spirit of truth. And so this one that Jesus is going to send is the Spirit of truth. And he's going to speak the same thing that the Father says. And he's going to speak the same thing that the Son says because they're in agreement. They're together. This, this little picture that you're seeing here is like parents who are on the same page in a family. You know what's going to happen here, right? Johnny goes to mom and says, Can I have a cookie? And mom says, no, it's almost supper time. And so just, I mean, Johnny goes to dad and he says, can I have a cookie? And dad says, sure, go have a cookie. No, he doesn't. He says, what did your mother say? Right? Because he knows. They're on the same page. They're going to speak the same truth. That's the picture here of the, of the Godhead, of God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They work together. They are together in what they're going to teach. And here's where we get this messed up sometimes with the ministry of the Holy Spirit is often we'll say, well, the Holy Spirit asked me to do this, but it's contrary to what the Father teaches in Scripture. And what happens, folks, is look, the Holy Spirit will never ask you to do anything that's contrary to what the Father or what Jesus was all about because they speak in truth. They're about truth. 
The ministry of the Holy Spirit is about truth. If you look at verse 16, chapter 16 and verse 13 in this same book, it says, when the Spirit of truth comes, look at this, look at this little phrase, this is incredible. He will, what? Guide you into, what? All truth. Not a little bit, not the parts you like, not just a few little phrases of truth. It says this, that when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into, what? All all truth. What does that mean? It means this, that anything that the Spirit leads you to do will be in agreement with the rest of the Bible. That's what it means. It means that anything that the Holy Spirit asks you to do as a believer in Jesus Christ will be in agreement with who Jesus Christ was and is. I've had different times where I've sat in my office with people who have come to me and said, Pastor Tim, I, I want your advice. I want you to, to help me through this scenario. Um, I think that, that the Spirit of God is leading me to leave my wife. And you know what I tell them immediately? It's not the Holy Spirit. It's not, that's not the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Or I think that the Holy Spirit is asking me to do this, and it, and it leads them away from God. I'm like, no, that's not the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Or I think the Holy Spirit wants me to take this job, and it, it's going to lead me away from my family and away from spending time with God. No, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's not what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit leads me toward truth all the time. Always. What's leading you away from truth is bad pizza. It's your own thought process. It's your self-nature that's leading you away from truth. It's that part of you that says, but I want this. But this would be easier. But I would feel better if this happened. But I would like it this way. The Spirit of God will always lead us toward what? Truth. He'll always lead us toward truth. Now here's the interesting thing about that. Often when we think about that, that gets difficult, right? Because now that means that he doesn't lead me to lie, right? He doesn't lead me to treat others a different way than Jesus would treat others, which is loving them, caring for them, being there for them. And so all of a sudden, that means that my life becomes totally different than what the culture teaches my life should be. And that gets difficult. That gets hard. But here's the thing about it. When I follow in the path of truth, the way the Spirit of God is leading me toward truth, it brings freedom to my life. When I do it my way, when I follow what I want, my selfish desires, it looks really good. It looks like it's going to lead me to the best part of my life ever. And guess what it does? It puts chains on me. And I end up in bondage, bound by my own selfish desires. Where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. That's what Scripture tells us. And when the Spirit of God leads me to truth, He frees me. And often that freedom is freeing me from 
myself. I'm the one who causes most of my own bondage. So how can I know what is truth then? If that's what the Spirit of God does for me, how can I know what is true? Thanks for asking because it's the next part that I want to talk about. In chapter 14, verse 26, it says it this way. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. The Holy Spirit will teach you truth. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He wants to come. He wants to be part. If you are a Christ follower, if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, Scripture says it this way, that the Holy Spirit now lives within you or indwells. He's made His home in you. And the Holy Spirit wants to teach you what is true. You go, okay, that's cool. But how in the world does that happen? How does He teach me what is true? Well, first of all, you need to ask Him. (laughs) I think often we go, hey, I'd like to know this stuff. That would be really cool. And I was trying to teach my, my son and daughter the other day. They were getting ready for a science test. And when I was in high school, I mean, and I learned that this didn't work before high school. But early in my schooling, I, I, I had learned in, in, in science that there's this thing called osmosis. Anybody know what osmosis is? You kind of do, right? Well, I thought it might work with schoolwork. And so if you took your book and you set it on your head, that by the process of osmosis, you may learn all that you need to learn, right? And I was trying to teach them. They didn't fall for it. But, but often that's our thought process. Instead of me having to do the work or learn or figure it out, I just want by the process of osmosis, if I set the Bible on my head, maybe it will all leak in. You say, Tim, that's crazy. But it's what we try. Maybe if, if I get close, my wife is a really good person. If I get close enough to my wife, then some of the goodness will rub off by osmosis. doesn't work. Doesn't, I just frustrate her. That's all I do. But often that's what we want, right? We want it to come the easy way. And, and instead, the Bible tells us this, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth will teach us truth. But we need to ask. We need to allow Him to direct us. We need to allow Him to show us what truth is. And instead, we want to take the easy way. We want to do it our way. Well, how does He do that? Well, folks, as we read the Word of God, the Bible tells us this, that as we read the Word of God, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, will open our eyes, will take the scales off, And will reveal the truth of who God is to us. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and our lives. And for a lot of us, the picture that we have of God, and I said this a few weeks ago when we started talking about the promises, the picture that we have of God is a picture that we've heard from other people. It's a picture that we've And it's not all bad. It's not bad to be taught who God is. That's not what I'm saying at all. But it's incomplete. Because we take parts and pieces of maybe what we read or what we heard or what someone taught us as a little kid that this is who God is. And and those are the parts and the pieces that we kind of put together and, and we make our own God. And man, if we stop long enough and thought about it, he's really weird looking. 
But as you read the word of God, the spirit wants to lead you to understand who God is. And he will always point you back to the truth of God. Always. Always. He'll reveal the truth about God to you. First Peter, I mean, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21 says this about it. It says that the word of God was breathed to man who wrote it by the Holy Spirit. It says that he carried them along as they wrote these words in the book for you, in the Bible. The Holy Spirit is the one who dictated the truth about God to the man Man who wrote the Word of God. Think of this. You have the author, the writer, the one who gave them the words to write, who wants to teach you about God. Wow! There's nothing better than going back to the source, right? If you can get back to the source, the one who knows it all, that's where you want to go, that's where you want to learn. And, and the Bible tells us this, that the Spirit of God is the one who wants to teach you. And he's the one who wrote it. He gave those words to mankind. When the Spirit of God comes and teaches me through the Word of God and he begins to speak to my heart and show me the truth of, of who Jesus Christ is, what does that look like on a daily basis? What does that look like as I walk up? Here's what it looks like. You're a parent you're a child, you're at work, you're living life with your friends, and events start to happen in your life where, remember last week we talked about those temptations that show up, the things that would draw me away from God? Those temptations start to show up. Maybe, maybe it's, a, it's a bad, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nasty joke that's being told. Maybe, maybe it's an opportunity to lie to, to, you know, the white lies, the ones that just shade the truth just a little bit. Maybe, maybe it has to do with your finances and how, how you portray your finances. Maybe, maybe it's a conversation that you're having with your wife that, that you want it to look one way, and so you twist it just a little bit. Well, here's how the Spirit of God does it. The Spirit of God says, remember. He's whispering in your ear, and he says, remember what truth is. Always speak the truth. And he's whispering in your ear and he's saying, hey, remember what it means to love. Love that person the way Jesus did. Hey, remember that those dirty jokes and those things, those, those words that you ought not to be part of your life, remember the picture that you're painting when you use those and when you're part of that, of who Jesus is in your life and what Jesus looks like. Hey, hey, remember Remember what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross and the price that he paid. Remember the level of love that he gave. This is the Holy Spirit whispering in your ear all the time because the word of God is hid in your heart and the Holy Spirit gets to take it and tap it on our hearts and say, hey, remember, remember, remember. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your heart and your life. That's what he wants to do on a daily basis in your life and in my life. That's the Holy Spirit using the word of God to teach us truth. This truth is the promise. He wants to be involved in every aspect of my life. But how deep does that promise go? What does it look like when I walk out of this place? When you're done talking, Tim, and I walk out of this place, and we're all done for the day, and we fight our way, what does it look like when I jump in my car or my truck to go home? 
Well, I want to show you a few aspects of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to take Scripture in the next few moments, and I want to show you some aspects of the ministry of the Holy Spirit and what that promise looks like. Okay, This is what is going, if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ, this is what's going on in your heart, in your life, right now. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. You ready for this? Here it is. Number one, I'm not going to give you them all, by the way, because we would be here for a long time. Number one, he's convicting you of sin. Scripture says this, that when he comes, the Holy Spirit, and he's come, he'll convict us of sin. He'll begin to work in our hearts and our lives and begin to tell us when we're doing things that are against the person of God, against the character of God. He will convict you of sin. He will draw you back to the place in relationship that you ought to be. It says this about the Holy Spirit, that He renews and He washes us. That's what Scripture says. It says that when we sin, when there's dirt, when there's darkness, when there's those things that violate who God is in our lives, it says that the Holy Spirit washes us. The word that it uses in Scripture is this. He regenerates or renews us. Guys, I love that. I need that. My heart needs that. I need to be washed by the ministry of the Holy Spirit on a regular basis because I'm as human as you are. I'm as selfish as anyone else is. I sin like anyone else. And the Holy Spirit comes alongside me and he says, Hey, Tim, part of my job, part of my ministry in your life on a regular basis is to take that brush and to wash Keep it clean. I love that. It says this. In Ephesians 1, 3, it says that the Holy Spirit seals us. I love this one. Oh, I love this. You know what it means? It says this, that the Holy Spirit takes the stamp of who Jesus Christ is, and he looks at me, Tim Knowles. He does it for you, but I'm, I'm going with me this morning. He takes that stamp, and he says, look, Tim is a follower of Jesus Christ. He's been bought by what Jesus Christ did on the cross, and I'm going to take that stamp, and I stamped him. He's mine. You know what the picture I get with that all the time is this. It's like a branding iron, right? Where you brand the cow to say, look, that cow's mine. I grew up on a farm. That's why my brain goes there. But it's the branding iron where the Holy Spirit goes, he's mine. And nobody can get him because I sealed him. I love that. I'm God's. I belong. And the Holy Spirit is constantly keeping me there. The next part of that is this. 2 Corinthians 5 says, 5, 5 says it this way, that the Holy Spirit then is my guarantee. You know what a guarantee is, right? It's a promise. It's a promise if you go to the bank and you put a guarantee on a loan. It's a promise that you will pay it. And the Holy Spirit is the promise before God the Father that I belong. I've been sealed. And his, the Holy Spirit is looking at God the Father the whole time saying, Tim belongs, he's in. Not only have I sealed, but I am the guarantee. The payment has been made, and he's in. He's doing that for you. If you're a Christ follower, he's doing that right now for you. You should tell your face. It says this. Romans 8, 16 says this. He bears witness. So not only does he seal me, and not only is he the guarantee, 
but he bears witness. His spirit testifies with my spirit that I belong. Okay, let me help you understand this. You ever felt like you didn't belong? You ever felt like you didn't deserve God's goodness? Has Satan ever come alongside you and said, see, you're a failure. See, you don't get it. See, you're not good enough. See, you don't work hard enough. See, you failed again. See, you tripped up. I knew you would. And the Holy Spirit testifies with my spirit that I belong. He's doing it before God the Father. He's the guarantee and the seal. But he comes beside me as I'm in the word of God. And he says, Tim, you're his child. You've been bought with a price. You belong in the family. There's a place at the table that's yours. The price has been paid. The inheritance is yours. You're in. Don't let Satan tell you anything different. You belong. That's what he's doing. He's testifying with my spirit that I'm in. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says it this way. Not only does he do that, but he leads me. And Scripture says this, he wants to lead me upon, along the right paths. He wants to come beside me and say, hey, Tim, don't step there. You'll fall. You're getting close to the edge. That's temptation. Stay away. He leads me in the right path in the way that I should go. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 14, 8 through 10 says this, that he gives me gifts. <laughs> These gifts are abilities to use for the body. And so the Holy Spirit shows up in my life and he's helping me before God. But he also says, hey, Tim, that's not good enough. It's not just about you and God. It's about you and everybody else. And I'm going to give you an ability to serve the body for the good and the glory of Jesus Christ. And here's your gift. Use it. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you to use. And then he gives you the power to use that as well. He empowers us to use them. Acts 1.8, it says this, that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you power that's not your own to use the gift that God gave you. When we use those gifts, if you look at Galatians, it says this, that the Holy Spirit takes the gift and produces fruit with it. So it's not good enough just to sit there with the gift and go, look, I've got a gift. It's using the gift to produce, and that fruit is love, joy, patience, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness self-control. It's what will be produced in me by the Holy Spirit. Any of you ever feel at a loss at what to pray? Any of you ever feel like, hey, I don't know the next thing that I should say to God? Guess what? The Holy Spirit prays on your behalf. When you're lost and you don't know what to say next, Scripture says it this way, that the Holy Spirit will pray for us before the Father. He'll fill us. He'll teach us. There's about 35 things that the Holy Spirit will do in us. He reveals the truth about who God is in me. It says this, that the Holy Spirit searches out everything, even the deep things of God, so that I may understand God. Do you think the Holy Spirit's in your corner? No, really, do you? I do. The longer I read Scripture, the more I realize that the Holy Spirit is there to make me 
make it, to make me succeed, to make me have victory as a believer in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is not only in my corner, but he's going ahead of me saying, Tim, you can do this. You can make it. I've got it. I've got you. My hand is on you. I want to lead you. I want to help you in this. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. So why does this matter? (laughs) Why does knowing what the Bible says about the ministry of the promise of the Holy Spirit, why in the world does it matter? Because you can't enjoy something you're not aware of. You know, often we live a defeated life as believers. There's some of you who are in this room right now who have been defeated all week long. You're a follower of Jesus Christ, but your life this week has been miserable. It's been rough. And did you know that all week long the Holy Spirit had your back? That your Holy Spirit was lifting you up before the Father and saying, this one's yours. This one's your child. The guarantee is here. I've sealed him. I've kept her. My hand is on him. The Holy Spirit has been praying for you. The Holy Spirit has your best interest in mind and has all week long. And often our eyes are closed or our eyes are on ourselves and we miss what the Holy Spirit is doing or wants to do in our heart, in our life. If you are a disciple, a follower of Jesus, all of this and more is yours. It's the promise. The issue is not will God keep his promise. The issue is will I trust and lean into his promise. If you're a Christ follower, you have the Holy Spirit. He's already doing all of this in your life. Will you lean into it? The song that special that the band is going to sing for us talks about this very thing. The presence of the Holy Spirit and leaning into the Holy Spirit. Just listen as I sing. Father, as a Christ follower, thank you. Thank you for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the work that the Holy Spirit does in my life each day. The lives of every Christ follower in this room. Thank you for the power that is ours because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Thanks for the freedom that is ours. God, would you grant us the grace, give us the courage, grant us the will to live out who we already are because of the Holy Spirit in us. Thank you. We love you. Thanks for the ministry of your spirit in our hearts and our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, guys.